This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by the Business Times. I'm senior correspondent Leslie Yi, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Alan Chong, Executive Director of Research and Consultancy Savills Singapore. We will do a deep dive into the topic of foreigners buying property in sunny Singapore. I have spent much of my life in Singapore. As a people, we like to complain. Humid weather, small place, nothing to do, everything very expensive, people are competitive, stressful place to live, and so on. However, Singapore has many positives. Public safety is good, infrastructure is great, there is political stability, social cohesion, and rule of law. Urban planning is good, the healthcare and education systems function well, there are lots of green spaces, society is cosmopolitan. In many ways, Singapore is a good place to live, work and play. Much wealth is being created in Southeast Asia as well as in Asian giants China and India. Singapore is also increasingly a global city that is on the radar of wealthy global investors. Unsurprisingly, some foreigners want to buy property in Singapore, which is viewed as a safe haven. Generally, foreigners cannot buy private landed homes except in Sentosa, but can buy private non-landed homes. In 2022, foreigners without permanent residence or PR status accounted for over 7% of new sales of private apartments and condominiums. Some non-PR foreigners bought homes here despite having to pay 30% additional buyer stamp duty or ABSD. Since April 27th, ABSD for foreigners buying any home doubled to 60%. Alan, why do foreigners buy Singapore homes despite high taxes? What do you see as the impact of 60% ABSD on foreigners? Well, generally, foreigners who buy Singapore homes still make up a minority in the total number of transactions. But I guess that those who decide to buy are willing to fork out their previous 30% ABSD for the other benefits like you mentioned earlier, safety, education for their children, maybe a vacation home and also a diversification route for their assets. Because if you're holding it long term, that 30% can be spread over, say, 10, 20 years then the annual increment can easily cover that 30%. But at 60%, I think the bar is a bit too high and the number of foreigners will likely drop quite a fair bit. It won't go to zero, but it will probably dive significantly to a point where they will now have to reassess how they can buy private properties here without the need to pay ABSD of that magnitude. Hmm, Interesting, Alan. The 60% ABSD can indeed be a killer it will take a very long time in terms of price gains of a few percent a year for a foreigner to recover the transaction cost of buying a home here. I guess the foreigner can still gain from things like the Singapore dollar strengthening. This will boost rental income and capital gains from buying property here when translated into the foreign buyer's home currency. Also, foreigners from some countries, such as the United States, but not China, Malaysia, Indonesia or India, are unaffected by the 60% ABSD. Because of the free trade agreement between Singapore and the US, US nationals and Singapore citizens enjoy equal tax treatment when buying homes here. This means 0% ABSD for buying a first home. Alan, you have been tracking Singapore property for a long time. 
in which segments of the housing market are foreigners active and which nationalities are active here? The percentage of foreigners who bought non-landed properties since foreigners can't buy landed homes and landed homes are a small fraction of the size of the private housing market. Island-wide, as of the first three months of this year, foreigners and PRs made up about 25% of all transactions, new sale, resale, sub-sale. But of that 25%, only about 6% are pure foreigners. Now, if you strip out the five countries that don't pay ABSD, the US, Norway, Switzerland, Iceland, Liechtenstein, then that number drops from 6% to 4.2%. So pure foreigners who pay the full ABSD make up a very small percentage. However, in the core central region, also known as the high-end market, foreigners, including PRs, make up about 32% of all transactions in the first quarter of this year. And if you strip off the PRs, foreigners still make up 15% of total transactions. Therefore, it is only in the mid-tier and the mass market segments that the percentage of foreigners participating in the market is low. The rest of it, is, I think, is pretty significant, but still not the majority. Yeah, as you said, the pure foreigners is really quite a small proportion. I suppose the Chinese buyers have been rather active pre the hike in ABSD and all we need is to attract probably a very small fraction of the Chinese buyers and maybe their impact here may still be rather large. As you say, foreigners have been typically more active in the luxury segment in prime areas and this segment, I guess, will be the hardest hit by the higher ABSD rates. To pay, say, $6 million in ABSD for a $10 million luxury apartment sounds like a rather crazy thing to do. I suppose some rich foreigners who are keen on Singapore may need to think seriously. Possibly they can expedite efforts to become a PR here and even a citizen in future. After all, PRs pay 5% ABSD for a first home. Location always matters for home buyers. Some locals may choose a particular location because we grew up there or our parents and other family members lived in the area. Then there's also the issue of proximity to schools. This was important for me some years back when my daughter had to enter primary school. I wonder how foreign buyers perceive various locations in Singapore. Alan, perhaps you can shed some light. How do foreigners view locations such as the Orchard area versus Sentosa Cove versus Marina Bay? You can break up the foreign segment of the market into PRs and, of course, 100% foreigners into those who came to Singapore because of an education or came to Singapore to look for work and those who came to Singapore to diversify their wealth out of their home countries. For the first two subgroups, well, let's start with those who came here for an education. They will usually find an abode near the previous place of education and that would be probably near NUS or NTU. Those areas will be Jurong East, Jurong West, Taman Jurong, Clementi. Now, these are areas outside the central region and some of them are within the mid-tier market, aka rest of central region. But I don't consider those as hot money. They come here to add value to the economy. When you come to the subgroup that wishes to diversify their wealth out of their home countries, because they make so much money, they have the ability to influence prices. But having that influence on the luxury segment of the market, and although they make up only about 4.2% of all transactions in the core central region, these people will be still looking at the Orchard Road area, maybe around the embassies, regions, Nassim, Draycott, near Grange Road. 
So the ultra high net worth foreigners will be looking into those areas, while those that are generally, for lack of a better word, the salary class foreigners, who are also PRs, will be looking at the mid-tier to mass market segments. Interesting observations, Alan. When we talk about foreigners, it's not just the super high net worth, but they're also salaried or professional classes. While Singapore may be small, it does have various neighbourhoods with their unique selling points. The environment may be more laid back in Sentosa Cove. Orchard Road is great for offering easy access to high-end shopping. In the Chinatown area, there are charming shop houses, many of which host fancy restaurants and bars. Areas such as Bukit Timah, Katong, Serangoon Gardens offer the draw of living in mature private residential enclaves. Neighbourhoods can also change over time. With the MRT network expanding, perhaps foreigners will spread themselves out over a larger number of neighbourhoods all across the island. After all, increasing amenities and connectivity in many neighbourhoods island-wide is good. Still to come, will more foreigners make a beeline for non-residential properties? In the next podcast episode of Editor's Talk, inspired by the Business Times column Off the Record, we turn our attention to audience editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media. Hi, I'm Clarissa Montero, podcast editor at the Business Times. In the next episode of Editor's Talk, I'll be sitting down with Business Times' head of our audience teams. Have you ever wondered what they do? How driven by analytics both big and small data are they? And... What makes an audience specialist in the modern media world? And that's just my first few questions. Associate Editor Audience at The Business Times, Chan Chiaopong, joins us next. Out June 12th. Check in for the latest in Editor's Talk from The Business Times Podcasts team. And now, back to Property BT from The Business Times. We have talked about the interests of foreigners in Singapore homes. Hefty ABSD will certainly weigh on foreigners buying homes here. Should ABSD for foreigners be so high, especially for homes that cost over 5 million or 10 million Singapore dollars, given many local first-time buyers are not buying in this segment? Maybe many foreigners will give up on the residential market and look at non-residential opportunities instead. Foreigners do not pay ABSD when buying assets such as office buildings, strata office spaces, retail spaces, commercial shop houses, warehouses and hotels. Alan, what do you think? Do non-residential properties here appeal to foreigners? Which particular segments of non-residential properties attract foreign interests? Foreign buyers have generally been interested in non-residential real estate here in Singapore, but their focus of attention has mainly been in the conservation shop houses and strata offices. Less so for industrial. Prior to the pandemic, they were keen on the hospitality sector. They were buying boutique hotels. And now, with the ABSD set at 60%, most will be looking either at conservation shop houses or strata title properties like offices. But the offices that they buy are often in the CBD and Grade A strata title office buildings. Alan, I think foreigners have good reasons to buy non-residential properties here. Demand for warehouses can be supported by Singapore's strength as a logistics hub. Office spaces can draw demand from Singapore's positioning as a regional business hub. Hospitality assets can benefit from Singapore drawing more international visitors. Investors who buy properties here get peace of mind from the strong legal framework. 
Foreigners owning properties here may also see upside from the Singapore dollar strengthening versus their home currencies. But yields on assets such as office spaces may make little sense as the yield can be below the borrowing cost. Still, if many foreigners flock to buy non-residential properties here, expect low yields to persist despite higher interest rates. Ultimately, investors here may largely be buying commercial spaces for capital gains. Perhaps investors, including foreigners who want yield from Singapore real estate, can buy units in listed real estate investment trusts. Distribution yield may be over 5 or 6% for some good names. The world is full of uncertainty. Our leaders constantly remind us of the challenging environment Singapore needs to navigate to make a living for ourselves. Alan, amid turbulence in so many places, do you expect more interest from foreigners in Singapore property going forward? And will foreigners completely avoid the residential segment? I guess the demand by foreigners will be redefined from one that is pure foreigner to one that they were foreigners, then they wait for their permanent residency status or citizenship status. They then skirt over this 60% ABSD and pay no ABSD if it's their first property purchase anywhere in this world. So that's what's going to happen. They will still be interested. But the question is, how do you define the foreigner if he becomes a Singapore citizen or PR? So demand will be there. But this 60% has probably turned off that tap for a while till they convert their status into something that, you know, avoids paying 60% or they pay much lesser. In the meantime, the demand for commercial real estate, real estate that doesn't attract ABSD, that will continue as a constant flow. Foreigners that buy strata title offices know that the yield is low, but the yield is still much higher than conservation shop houses, where the yield, if you factor in a full 100% occupancy, it's still 1.5% gross. And if you factor in the vacancy, it falls below 1%, but still they buy because many don't take bank loans. Their priority is to preserve their capital. So long as they make sure their capital is safe and conservation shop houses is an art piece, it's totally no new supply. It's limited. Being an art piece, art has no yield. Conservation shop houses, there's still some yield. And I think over the longer term, the yield will compress to the point where your rental income may just cover operational expenses. Alan, interesting. Conservation shop houses at such very, very compressed yields, and yet there is demand. Singapore does have something rather unique going for it as a beacon of stability. The property market here is relatively small. I suppose we must hope that should more foreign money come chasing physical assets here, that prices in some segments do not become overly exuberant. Alan, I think foreigners buying property do contribute to Singapore. They pay taxes, which can be used to fund spending in areas such as healthcare. Moreover, foreigners who pay ABSD to buy homes here pay a hefty price for the privilege of buying a home here. Still, foreign buying of private homes may make it slightly more difficult for young local couples to buy private homes. Foreigners who buy non-residential properties here may help push up prices, which means locals can find it harder to invest in such assets for their retirement needs. Thinking aloud, maybe foreigners should be prevented from buying certain types of properties, such as homes in the suburbs. Maybe foreigners should pay higher property taxes versus locals. But then Singapore needs to thrive by making itself open and connected to the world. Alan, should more restrictions be placed on foreigners buying Singapore property? I think that when the ABSD was set at 30% for foreigners, it was already a bar too high. 
Because real estate, although there are lots of fears that it leads to runaway asset prices, and with the weight of money from overseas trying to pour into Singapore, if you prevent them from buying real estate, it leaks into the real economy. And once foreigners start buying businesses in Singapore, there's no telling where the genie has gone to because when they immerse themselves into the real economy and they understand the real economy, there are things that you cannot manage then. Right now, it's just single asset class called real estate. If, say, the foreigner buys into a property management company and the other one buys into a coffee shop, the other buys into a hardware business, how then can one come up with policy to restrict foreign demand in this business class but compared with real estate, where it's just a one-size-fits-all policy. You just buy real estate, you get levied this amount. So I guess the restrictions should stop now. In fact, they should reevaluate it. If foreign money flows out of real estate into real businesses, there could exist a possibility where they could exert some influence on certain segments of the real economy where the local businesses then get crowded out not because they raise prices, but they could take the opposite view by slashing prices below local bosses' break-even, drive them out of business, acquire the business, and soon they corner that segment of the industry. Alan, I guess it may be better that foreigners are into real estate rather than the real economy. I suppose Singapore is in a sweet spot. Many rich people do want to come here because many people are confident in the Singapore system. Still, foreigners who buy property could potentially distort the market and possibly create some pushback from locals. Staying largely open to foreign investment in property while calibrating the taxes foreigners pay to buy and hold such assets is likely the way to go in the foreseeable future. Foreign interests will continue to play a significant role in the demand for property here, so long as Singapore is a good place to live, work and play some foreigners will want to become PRs and citizens here. For wealthy people, especially from Asia, who seek hard assets in a safe haven for diversification and wealth preservation, Singapore ranks high. Many thanks to my guest, Alan Chong of Savills. Thank you, Leslie. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. Do join us for the next episode where we look at buying a home amid higher interest rates. Are new uncompleted homes better buys than resale ones because of the progressive payment scheme? But resale homes have much cheaper price per square foot. Should one max out one's CPF funds to buy a home? Or should one hold off on buying a home because of the higher home loan rates and economic uncertainties? I'm Leslie Yee. Thank you for listening and happy property hunting. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.